you, but I've, I've enjoyed the cool weather this morning. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So I want to uh, get into our, our message this morning. I, uh, I really want to reiterate some of the things that Brother Corey was saying. And, uh, you know, Israel, I was, I didn't, I don't, you know, I'm telling myself I don't really watch the news a lot. But I was finishing up my lesson or this message late last night, and uh, I'd seen things being posted and all those, and I, I, I turned on the news a little bit, and I saw where Hamas had infiltrated Israel, and Netanyahu was saying that this is our 9-11. He's calling it their 9-11. And he, he, did, he has declared war saying this is the first time in 73 years that Israel has declared war again. So as Brother Corey says, we have to, and everything he's saying is going exactly the way that this message is going. Brother Eddie called me Tuesday and asked me if I would preach. He said there's some, some mix-ups and all those things, and I'm always honored. I tell you, it's, a, it's always humbling to stand before you behind this pulpit to be asked to be preaching to a, a, a group of people who I believe love the Lord with all their heart. But I want to tell you this morning, and the, the burden that the Lord has, has given to me was, once again, it's in line with uh, everything uh, that, uh, uh, that, that I feel like we're in, in, the, in the process right now. I'll tell you, my wife is always tells me when I preach, she said, there's several things that she says. She says, stay on point, don't ramble, and make sure your zipper is zipped. <laughs> <laughs> Good advice. Amen. Amen. Always got to make sure those things are in place. Amen. But I want us to, to go, uh, and as we get ready to uh, uh, get ready to read our message this morning, or preach this morning to you, I want us to continue to remember that God has a way, and he is not finished. As even as we were singing this song, he's not finished with what he wants to do. Amen. He's not finished with what he wants to do. So I, I ask that you stand with us this morning. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be reading out of uh, 1 Samuel 6, and then we're going to quickly change over to uh, 2 Samuel 6 as well. So 1 Samuel 6, and then we're going to just flip over real quickly to 2 Samuel 6 as well. And we're going to be reading just for quickly because I want you to see these things, that these were happening and uh, how they were being done, and how that Israel, and, and I want us to, I, I, hopefully you'll see this parallel with who we are even today and where we are biblically with our, with our touch that we are to th this morning. So let me read real quick. I'm going to read 1 Samuel chapter 6 and verse 1 through verse 8, then we're going to flip over to 2 Samuel 6. And the ark of the Lord was in the country of the Philistines, or Philistines, seven months. And the Philistines called for the priest and the diviner, saying, What shall we do to the ark of the Lord? Tell us wherewith we shall send it to his place. And they said, If you send it away, send away the ark of God of Israel, send it not empty, and any wise return him a trespass offering, then you shall be healed, and it shall be known to you why his hand is not removed from you. Then they says, What shall the trespass offering be, uh, which we shall uh, return to him? They answered, Five golden emeralds and five golden mice, according to the number of the lords of the Philistines. 
for one plague was on you all and on your lords. Wherefore you shall make images of your emeralds and images of your mice that tomorrow the land, and you shall give glory unto the God of Israel, peradventure he will lighten his hand from off you and from off your gods and from off your land. Wherefore, when you harden your hearts as the Egyptians and the Pharaoh hardened their hearts, when he wrought wonderfully among them, did they not let the people go and they departed? Now listen to what it says here in verse 7. Now therefore, make a new cart and take two milch kine on which there hath come no yoke and be the kind of the cart and bring their calves home from them. I want us to go always remember that, the new cart. So let's flip over to 2 Samuel uh, chapter 6 once again, 7, 6 and 2 Samuel 6 and verse 2. And David arose and went with all the people that were with him from Baal of Judah to bring from hence the ark of God, whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts that dwelleth between the cherubims. And they set the ark of God upon, once again, where's that word again, a new cart. And brought it out of the house of Abinadab that was in Gilbeah, and Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, dragged the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was in Gilbeah, accompanying, uh, or Gibeah, accompanying the ark of God. And Ahio went before the ark. And David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord and all the manners of instruments. Once again, I want you to hear what the Lord is saying in this. And David and all of the house of Israel played before the Lord on all manner of instruments made of fir wood, even on harps and on psalteries, on timbrels, and on the cornets and the cymbals. And when they came to the threshing floor, Uzzah put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen shook it, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God smote him there for his error, and there he died by the ark of God. I want us to remember this morning, and we're going to pray, that we have to go by what God has in store for each and every one of us. Amen? Yes. We can't go on our own understanding, but we have to always follow right. what God has in store for us. Let's pray. And I do pray that you, uh, once again, put your hands together, and, and let's pray and, and, and ask the Lord to, to move in this service this morning. Heavenly Father. Lord, once again, we come before you, Father God, believing and trusting in you, knowing that all things are possible through you this morning. Lord, I know that you can do all things, O oh God, and we come to worship this morning. We come to praise your holy and your mighty name, O oh God. And Lord, I pray that you would just touch me this morning as I bring forth the word that you have given. Lord, let me not hinder the word this morning, but let me be a vessel, O oh God, that you can, you can touch this morning. For I am nothing without you, O oh God. And I just pray that you would just touch this message in the hearts of the, the ones that are here, the ones that are online, oh God, that we would always turn away from the worldly things and turn back to you and worship you the way that you have, have, have asked us to do, oh God. Lord, we give you all praise, glory, and honor. And the wonderful holy name in Jesus we pray, amen, amen. and amen. Yes. The title of the lesson, that the, my message that the Lord has given to me, it was the God of restoration. The God of restoration. I don't know about you, and I'm going to tell myself a little bit this morning. I like to watch shows where they have taken something that used to be majestic, whether it was a house, a car, or whatever it was, but through the years of neglect, it has gotten to a point where it is almost in shambles. 
But then they go back in and they go back and they do the things and they give it the attention that it needs to have. And so as we look upon this message this morning, I want us to see is that there's a lot of times, and even in this time of Israel, is Israel had gone into battle with the Philistines. They had gone into battle, and the Bible says, is the beginning before this chapter, verse 6 of, of 1 Samuel, is that they had gone in and they had lost the battle. Over 4,000 Israelites had died. They had gone into battle doing all the things. They, they, they thought that they had gone in with, with what they had. But here's the problem, and I will say this, and I want to parallel this with where we are even today, not so much Bible way, but I'm going to talk about church in general, amen? And I'm not here to step on toes. I'm not here to cause any problems. I'm not here to shake a bush, but I might shake one or two this morning before we're done. Is we've got to a point in our lives where church is just something else. It's just another part of our day and all those kind of things. But we should come into the church and every day and looking at those things and believing that, look, I came here this morning to worship him. Yeah. I, you could do anything else in the world that you wanted to do, but I came to be in the presence of the Most High this morning because I know that my faith is not on the things of the world. You can look at Israel. You can look at the battles. You can look at all the things that are out there. But my faith and my trust is going to be placed on the Lord this morning. Amen. Yeah. And when we look upon those other things and we, we get off the pathways that God has called us to be, it's easy to get neglected when the rest of the world is coming against you. Amen. You can get away from prayer. You can get away from the joy. I remember, see, what happens is we need to get our joy back. Or you remember when you first got saved and born again? You remember all that? Man, you were telling everybody about how good God, he has saved me and he's taken away all the sins that, he's, that I've ever done. I feel so much better today. But yet when we get out and we start walking back in the world again, where has our joy gone? And I want us to understand is that we are, to, we are called this morning to be restored unto the Lord. And I'm here to tell you, as Brother Corey said, he was, he was, I was like, I'm just going to hit, hit record and let him uh, preach because he was preaching my message this morning. Is that we have to get back to, to believing and trusting and our faith being in the Lord. I'm going to tell you, not on a denomination, not on a man, not on a pastor, an evangelist, or a missionary, but my faith is in the Lord. Amen. My faith is in Him and Him alone because I know that He can do it. Yes, I can't do it alone. Right. Brother Eddie can't do it. Brother Corey, I mean, we, I'm telling you, if you haven't listened to some, if you haven't been here, or if you haven't listened to some of these messages that have been preached in these last couple of weeks, I'm telling you, you are missing it. You are missing it. I mean, there's, some, there's been some words from heaven being preached behind this pulpit these last several weeks. And I'm here to tell you, and that's where we have to do as a church, is that we've got to get back to the joy that God has called us to do. Listen, I don't come to church because I have to. I come to church because I want to come to church. Listen, I, you, don't pass by, you don't pass by a gas station when you're on empty. You go there to get refueled, Amen. And that's what we have to do in doing all the things. But see, Israel had gone so far away that the Bible says is that they went out. They went into battle, and Eli's sons, Hophni and Phinehas, had also died in the battle. And when the, when the man came back and told Eli, the Bible says that Eli was sitting down, and he fell backwards when he heard that the ark had been taken. It fell back, and he broke his neck, and he died as well. 
the daughter-in-law who was given birth, she died in birth and named her son Ichabod. The glory has departed. Do you imagine going around with that's your name? All of the things that you're going to do and all that that's there. But here's what the problem is, is that the neglect had taken over the worship. And when we start taking away the worship and we want to neglect the things that God has in store, is that things are going to start happening. Because I'm here to tell you, is that we as a church body, and once again, I'm not saying about Bible, I'm talking about in church in general. I, and this is what I believe. This is, this is what I believe. This may be wrong, but this is what I believe. The way of the church, so goes the rest of the world. And I believe if we would get back to being the church that we need to be, and the people that are out there that are seeking something, if they would hear from you sitting on these pews this morning that God is something greater than a neglect or just because he's, he's not a crutch to just fall on when you're in trouble. Right. And a lot of people want to use a crutch, you know, when things go, oh, well, you know, I, 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 something's going on and everything, but, well, I'm, I'm going to go pray. Well, what's happened the rest of the day? What's happened the rest of the time? Where, where are we at when we're seeking God and, and, and everything that we are to where we are neglecting the things that God has called us to do? So when you start neglecting, it's, well, it's, I don't have to make a time to go to church. Or I don't have, well, my, you know, I, I don't have anything. You got 700 pairs of pants in the, in the closet, but I can't, put on, I can't find anything to go to church. It's a little bit, there's one cloud in the sky. Well, it looks like it's going to rain. I can't, drive, I can't drive in the rain. We neglect the things that God has done because we want to do, we want to get in more into the flesh than walk in the spirit. Because I'm here to tell you, when you're walking in neglect and you're doing the things here, as we see in these lessons here this morning, is that neglect will take out and you will be defeated in those things that are here. Wow. I want to stay in this real quick because I just want to, I'm, I'm not going to keep you long. Uh, you know, I know Pentecostal preachers want to preach, and they say we're we're staying because we're about to, to to end. And there's you know there's 30 more minutes of preaching after that. Yeah. <laughs> <Easy>. <laughs> Brother Cor said, "Easy, easy." But I want us to understand in the things that we we look at this morning is the ark had been taken by the Philistines. Right. They took it. Now, now listen to what they're doing. Because I want you to understand is that Satan is a counterfeiter. You know that? Amen. Satan is a counterfeiter. And everything that we do and we should be doing, Satan is going to try to counterfeit that as well. So the Philistines took the ark. Now the ark was the presence of the Lord. So the Bible says, and let me go back. I got ahead of myself. So the Bible says is that the elders and the priests got together and they says, bring the ark to the forefront. Bring the ark into the battle. But see, what happened is, is that they never inquired of the Lord. And I'm here to tell you, and this is the thing that people get so involved in, is they get so involved in stuff that we quit inquiring of the Lord. Lord, should I take this job? Lord, should I buy this house? Lord, should I buy this car? Lord, should I go here? Lord, should I leave my church that's on fire and go to a church that's dying and full of sin? Come on. Because I want a position instead of sitting and, and being a part of what... Listen, I tell people all the time, what did you do? I said, listen, I want to be called a servant 
of the Lord. I don't want to be called whatever the world. I want to be. I want to be known as a servant Amen. unto the Lord. If Eddie uh, asks me to preach, then I want to preach. If he wants me to teach Sunday school, then that's what. If he wants me to clean the toilets, then I'm going to do it, knowing that the Lord has His hand in the way it is. Amen. Amen. So the Bible says that the Philistines had taken the ark because the people, the elders, had taken and all those things. And see, the problem is, is even when they brought the ark into the battle, the people shouted. They shouted because they knew that that's what God, but see, the problem is, is that we can shout a little bit, but if God is not in it, then it's not going to be something that, that God is going to, he's not going to ordain those things that happen. And so when they took that and they did all the shouting, they did all the pomp and they did all the circus, I believe they probably even put the, turned the lights down. They may even had a fog and all those kind of things and they may have all that kind of stuff because they wanted the pomp and the circumstance as well. But they, God was not involved in those things. And when God's not involved in it, I'm here to tell you, it's always going to fail. I'm just here to tell you, it's going to fail. And so the, the ark was taken because they had been defeated. Here's the thing. The world wants to try to imitate the worldly things. And what I mean by that, they want to say, well, I can do this or I can do that. They want to even take some of the things and they can have, let me ask you a question. No, you don't have to raise your hand. You don't even have to answer because I know this is kind of rhetorical. But I go out and you talk to people. And it don't matter where you go. You always talk to somebody. If you're talking to people, they're all, everybody knows the Lord. Yeah. Everybody knows the Lord. Oh, we've been to other countries on missions trips. I've never been to another country where somebody inside they didn't know the Lord. But there's a difference between. See, here's the problem. God not only wants us to know him, but he wants us to be intimate with him in everything that we do. He wants, uh, he wants to know everything about you, and he, we want, he wants us to know everything about him. But you have to have an intimacy with the Lord to continue to move forward in what God has in store for you. But see, the, Israel, I mean, so the, the Philistines are taking their ark, the ark of God, the presence of where God is supposed to be, and they put it beside their own idol, Dagon. The Bible says as they got up, and I'm on, I know I'm going I'm to teach, teach this morning. I'm, that's just in, in part of me, but I, I want you to understand that. But here's the problem is they, 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 they put this ark, the, the ark of God, right beside their God as and wanted to show for the people of what they had done. But the problem is they got up the next morning and they gone, he had fallen over. They propped him back up. The next morning they got up. The Bible says that he had fallen over to the point where all the pieces had, 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 had broken into pieces. The only thing that was left was a stump. I'm here to tell you, every knee is going to bow. And every tongue is going to confess to God. Amen. So you can try to do all the things and you can they can do all that kind of thing. But there's only one way, and Jesus is the way. Yes. Amen. So all this kind of everything, the Bible says that while the ark, they had the ark. Here's the great thing. Here's the great thing. I love this. Is that while they had the ark, the Bible says that God dealt harshly with them. Harshly with them. Skin tumors, 
He, there, I mean, people, died, people, uh, cities were were destroyed and all that to the point where they said we. And this is the problem. This is the problem. And I, I, I want to. I, I'm not going to try to stop. I just I want to go through these that are here because I want you to see these things. The Bible says is that after all of this. They says we have to give their God back to them because ours can't do anything with it. Now, but the problem is, is they saw the power, but they never converted and believed and trusted. And that's where the world is today. They know the power of God. They know the things that God can do, but yet they won't, they don't want anything to do with it, and they want to give it back. Listen, I tell people all the time, if you don't want anointing, just tell them, Lord, just bless his brother Joe with a double anointing because he'll take it. Listen, I need God more than I need anything else, more than the air that I breathe, more than water to drink, whatever it is. You know I like to eat, but even more than food, I, like, I, want, I need the Lord in everything that I have. And so the Bible says if they gave the ark and they put it on a new cart, a new card, and I, I, it just it just stuck with me, and we're going to see that in a minute because they were convinced, but they were not converted. They saw everything; they knew the power of God, they knew everything, but they had also they were also ignorant of the covenant that God had ordained for this ark to be carried around and everything. It wasn't supposed to be on a cart, and we're going to. I'm, I'm not going to jump ahead of myself, but I want you to see these things. Is that? Everything that we know, the Philistines attempted to give it back because everything that they had seen, and, and they even tried to put their own gold and their worldly trinkets on top of it to say, well, we have a trespass offering and we need to give it back. See, what happens is, is the world always wants to add a little bit extra. See, God says, I am the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I'm not going to change. He said in Malachi 3, I change not. <laughs> he says, I don't change because you want to put something else on me. He says, I'm the same yesterday. I'm the same today, and I'm going to be the same forever. I'm not going to need the worldly things that are going to be put on me. And so they try to do all this stuff, and they try to send it away. But I'm here to tell you, the church has exchanged the presence of the Lord for worldly entertainment. What I mean by that is the church should be changing communities. The church should be changing homes. The church should be changing schools. But in, in retrospect, the world is changing the church. Because we'd rather have more things in the church. We want to have this. We want to have that. We want to have all these things. And I'm not opposed to things. Amen. I won't, I won't listen. I pray for our young people. I pray for them because we know that, the, that Satan is trying to, to, to take and, and, and destroy them in everything that they are. They're trying to separate the families and all that. When, when, the, when the school system says, we know better for, for your children than you do. That's what they're saying. That's what they're saying. Don't tell your parents because we know better than what your parents know. We're going to teach you better than your parents are. As Brother Corey said this morning, we've got, to, we've got to stay focused on who God is. We've got, to, we've got to get away from the things of the world that's out there. And I'm here to tell you, if you go back even into Luke, 
the book of Luke, Jesus tells Peter, he says, Satan is to trying to destroy you. But I'm here to pray for you. Because, you know, Satan, is a, he's, he's a thief. He's a robber. He's there to steal, kill, and destroy. He's out there to do all the things that he's trying to take away. He's trying to take away the joy that you once had. He's trying to destroy what God has ordained for you. Because I'm telling you, I said this even in our Sunday school class, and I'm not trying to teach Sunday school because I, I appreciate what Brother Terry and, and everything that he did this morning and, and, and standing in for me. But I've told him for the last couple of weeks that God has a promise for you. And if you will continue to stay in God's will and do the things that God has for you, then God will continue to make a way where there seems to be no way. And so as we look upon those things, and I want to I wanna I wanna jump real quick because I want you to see this, and then I'm gonna come back. I, I found this very interesting as I was studying this lesson. As I, I'm gonna read this for you because I want you to see this. In Psalms 132, Psalms 132 and verse 6, this is what this is this is David who's writing this psalm about what's going on, but this is what he said about the ark. He says, Lo, we heard of it at Ephrathath. Listen to what it says. We found it in the fields of the woods. This ark had been for 70 years. The Bible says 20 years with Abinadab because it went to Abinadab's house. 40 years through Saul's uh, uh, reign, and then another 10 years, seven with, uh, with David through Judah, and then three years with Israel combined. So 70 years, the ark had been neglected, and it had been taken. See, this, 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 this process is not just, a, a, it's not just an overnight process. Right. It's a process of neglect that happens over a period of time. Because I'm telling you here this morning, if you, even if you look at our churches, you know, when you travel, and I know Brother Corey is traveling a little bit more, and I travel, and for, for those of you who may travel, if you go out on a Wednesday night, it's hard to find a church that's open. That's right. It's hard to find a church that's having more than one service a week. People would rather have the worldly things than to come in to have the presence of the Lord because of the neglect that has happened out in the world today. We have made church to where church is a secondary thing instead of a primary thing. But I don't know about you this morning, but I didn't come to be, be secondary. I came to worship the Lord. I came to praise Him and I came to magnify Him. I came to thank Him for all the things that He's done. All the blessings. If He hadn't healed you yet, guess what? He can this morning. If He hasn't saved your family yet, guess what? He can this morning. And, and I'm here to tell you, he's not, we're not going to quit and be that that, that God has called us to, to, to turn away from. But we want to be warriors in everything that God has called us to do. And if I'm going to be a warrior, then I need to armor up. As, as we right. talked about, Brother Jared, this morning, you don't go into battle with no armor. You don't go fighting with nothing ready to go. You go prepared in, in all those things. 
And I know God has everything under control, and I know he has everything in his hand. But he has called us as a people to worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen? And if he's called us to do that, then we've got to do it daily. Not just when things go wrong, not just when things happen, but every day we've got to wake up in the morning and say, Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. I'm going to follow you and I'm going to serve you this day because I know that that's who I need to do. And that's who I need to put my faith and my trust in. But neglect will cause things to deteriorate. Amen? You ever seen a house that's been neglected? You ever been around one that's, that's where the neglect is so bad that it's, it has to be destroyed? But that's the soul of man. If you don't continue to praise and worship and to seek out the Lord and you neglect things. I'm talking about a God of restoration this morning. I'm talking about a neglect that has gone on with so many people that they have neglected the things that God has brought to them. But now as we get in, and we have already read this, and I'm not going to read it again. And I'm going to jump to 2 Samuel. So at this point, we know that the ark has been neglected. David, it says in, in Psalms 132, that it is found in a... Could you imagine? Could you imagine if the presence of the Lord was relegated to a back room or out into a field where the neglect... I'm here to tell you, I want the presence of the Lord this yes. morning. Amen. Amen. Here's the problem with neglect. David went to Abinadab's house. He went to get the ark. Which is a great thing because he had in good intentions. He had great intentions of what he wanted to do. But the problem is, is once again, is that the Bible says that David neither inquired of the Lord or was delivered by the Lord or instructed by the Lord to do those things. And so he went with the priest and everybody else. But here's the problem with neglect. Even the religious leaders of the time had neglected what God had said for so long that they didn't even know what to do when it came to the ark. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is why neglect of our own soul is so detrimental in our walk with the Lord and who we are. Because if you neglect the time spending with the Lord, with fasting and prayer, with time with like-minded believers, if you neglect those things, then guess what? Church isn't going to be important to you. Worshiping isn't going to have any meaning to you anymore. Being, a, being the light into a lost and a dark world does not do anything else for you. Loving your neighbor doesn't mean anything. Forgiving those that have sinned against you doesn't come up in your vocabulary anymore. Saying things that you used to say, which you, once you got saved and born again, now you're not supposed to say. Going to places that you didn't go before, looking at things you shouldn't look at, and, and being in places and saying and doing the things that God has not called you to do. Neglect will take you into those things. Neglect will take you to a further than you can ever imagine with your soul and the sin that, that Satan is trying to uh, overtake the world with. Because the world now says we don't need to do those things. Why do y'all go to church so much? Why do y'all raise your hands? 
Why do you sing songs and do all those things? Listen, I don't do it because of me. I do it because I serve the Lord. Amen? Amen. Listen, you know, well, Brother Joe, you don't have to do all that. And you don't have to. Look, they may not have to. And you may not have to. But I'm going to. I'm going to raise my hand and thank him. I'm going to praise and I'm going to work. I don't care what the world says or what the world thinks. I don't care what my job says. I don't care what they say in Walmart. I came to worship him because I know what he's done for me. And if you know what he's done for you, then you need to worship as well. Amen. But Israel had fallen so far in the neglect that even the priests didn't know how to handle and what to do. And so the Bible says, we read that in 1 Samuel 6, when the worldly Philistines made a new cart and put the ark on there, as the Bible says, is that David and the leaders put the, put, put the ark on a new cart. They didn't know, once again, if you go back into Numbers and you read Numbers, Numbers gives you total instructions on how this was supposed to happen. The Bible says, and I'm just going to tell you just for, for the sake of time, is that the, the ark was supposed to be carried on the shoulder of the Levites. It was supposed to be consecrated by men who were there to do God's will and God's bidding. But they had neglected that to even, once again, the priest didn't even know what to do. I want you to understand the neglect that God sees even in our lives sometimes because we neglect to do the things that God has called us to do. Oh, Brother Joey, I don't have to be at Sunday school. I'm not preaching on Sunday school this morning, but I'm just here to tell you is we have to honor God in everything that we do. Listen, that's why we pray, and that's why I always pray even at Sunday school, and I pray over our preaching, I pray over the music, I pray over the musicians, I pray over the message, and I pray over an altar service. Because I don't want to see people come in one way and leave the same way. I don't want to see them come in full of neglect and leave full of neglect. Amen? But don't you, I mean, look, when we see people get saved and born again, we love to rejoice with them. We love to see them, all the things that God has blessed them with. But even in this passage, if you read that about 2 Samuel, the Bible says is that David and all the priests and all that, they had, a great, they, they had the cymbals going, they had the trumpets going, they had the singing going, and they had everything. They were imitating church. They had, they had, they, they looked good. They were in their three-piece suits. Their dresses were all the way to the floor. They looked good and they did everything, but what they didn't have was God. Let me tell you, you can try to imitate. You can try to play church. You can try to act like this and you can try to act like that, but I'm telling you, you've got to have God in your life to do everything that you need to do. I'm talking about a God of restoration. I'm not going to leave you in, in, a, in a state this morning because I want you to see what God can do. But the Bible said is that they put the ark on a new cart. And as they were 
doing all the stuff and they were showing the show and they were doing all the things that they thought that God had wanted them to do because they had done all the things and they had continued to do that and they neglected their, their walk with the Lord. As the Bible says that the ark bobbled or wobbled, whatever you want to say. And Uzzah, now I don't think he wasn't doing it because he was just, you know, trying to be rude or crude, but he tried to stabilize, put his hand up to hold up the ark because it wobbled a little bit. And the Bible says that it killed him right there. Right there. I'm here to tell you, sin will take you further than you ever want to go. It'll cost you more than you can ever pay. And the things that we have to do is understand that God can do the things that he says, but he has to have a people whose hearts are right with him. But even in the midst of all of that, in the new cart that he did, I read this and, and everything, see, because church today are trying new ways. They're trying to drive their own new carts and their own churches because they don't want to stay in, in the B-I-B-L-E. They want to come up with their own way. Listen, you don't need 12-step programs in church. You just need Jesus. Amen. You know, if you, need, if you need more than one, you got the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. You don't need an 8-step program. You don't need a 12-step program. We need to be Christ-centered in everything that we do. This house is to be ordained by him. And not only this house, by the way, but this house has to be ordained by him as well. Amen. We've got to walk with him. We've got to talk with him. We've got to make sure that we're lined up horizontally and vertically with him every day in our walk with him. Because I'm here to tell you, it's easy to get off the pathway. It's easy to get neglected when you forget praying and you forget to doing the things that, that God has called you to do. You will get neglected. Your prayer time will get neglected. Your fasting will get neglected. Your church time will get neglected. Your Bible reading will get neglected. Everything that you need to do, your study time will get neglected. And guess what? The house of God will get neglected. Because you know what? We need all of you. All of you this morning. And when you neglect and you're not here because... Now, I'm not, once again, I want you to understand, I'm not stepping on your toes this morning. But you know what? Let me say this. This might shake a bush or two, so if it does, I don't mean to offend you. A couple of weeks, there's going to be churches and there's going to be Christians that are even going to be celebrating Halloween. You understand what I'm saying? There's going to be churches... And there are going to be people who call themselves Christians that are going to be celebrating Halloween. Let me tell you one story and I want to move on. Because I don't want to keep you much longer. I was on the road one time. And I came to a place, I was sitting there and I was, I know, I know it's going to surprise you, but I came to a place to eat. But I was sitting in this restaurant, and this man brought his little boy in. Probably about that. I, I love little kids. I love little kids. 
And the lady that was there, I mean, obviously he had worked with them, or he works for them, brought his kid in, come in, it's almost Halloween. And the lady that was there, she says, oh, how do you know, he's talking about this. She says, are you going to go out for Halloween? He says, yes. She says, what are you going to be? He says, I'm going to be a devil. Tell you, he broke my heart. He broke my heart. That this little boy was wanting to be a devil because he thought how fun it was going to be. That comes through neglect. That comes through neglect. Because I'm here to tell you, if you ask that man, do you know Jesus? I know Jesus. But neglect will take you further than you ever want to go. Let me give you another example. I want to move on. Have you ever had silver? We got, my, my granddad was a, a sharpshooter in the Army. He had won many, um, he, he won the number one, he was the, in, in, in the country, the number one sharpshooter in it. He won many titles. I've got plaque, a big plaque in my house that has all of his medals that he won as he was a sharpshooter in, uh, in the Army. And, 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 and we look upon those things and we think, how? But that took a lot of time and effort for him to get to that point. But he couldn't go out and be a sharpshooter through neglect. Amen? Amen? You couldn't be that. You couldn't be what, what he was with neglect. But he, when Bonnie and I got married, he gave us some, some um, silver. And that's one of my silver uh, spoons and forks and all that kind of big platter that came and all this kind of stuff. But as I was reading this and I was studying for this lesson, it just reminded me about silver. If you neglect silver, it'll come a sheen or a, a, it'll turn a different color, right? But once you start, Brother Cor, once you start putting that pressure on it and you start rubbing it, and you start putting a little bit, that shine starts coming back. Amen. That restoration process starts happening again when you go back to putting that pressure on it to make it what God had intended to be. Yes. And it was in that original state. But it takes a little bit of pressure. And it takes a little bit of work. And it takes a little bit of that stuff. Amen. But David, the Bible says, is that he took the ark and he after Uzzah had died, and he had given it or put it back to the house of Obed-Edom for three months. For three months. But here's the great thing. The presence of the Lord, and when you get in the presence of the Lord, will always, let me tell you this, always change a man. You get in the presence of the Lord, I don't care where you are with the walk with, with him. You get in the presence of the Lord and, the, and that, that sheen that you once had, that shyness that you once had, will start coming back because the restoration process will take place. And sometimes it's going to take a little bit of pressure on you. Sometimes it's going to take a little bit of extra stuff, but once you get in that presence, 
then you're going to see how God's going to move and do great and mighty things. So let me get to this point. The Bible says is that David went back to Obed-Edom's house. This time he came back with the right heart. He came back, prayed up. He stayed in the walk. He'd done the things, and he had even gotten the priest to go back to where they had taken the ark, and they were carrying it. But here's the thing, is the Bible says, and I'm not going to do the whole, I'm not, because it, you take about six paces, which was about 18 feet. And every 18 feet, the Bible says that they would sacrifice the bullocks and the rams. And they would worship. But see, because now they came back with the right mindset. Now they came back with what God had intended for them to do. And they took that. And I'm here to tell you this morning, as we get ready to close this morning, I'm not going to take 30 minutes because I'm going to close in just a minute. But I'm here to tell you, as they got ready to sacrifice, and they got ready to do those things, and I'm here to tell you this morning, we need to sacrifice, get back to sacrificing what God has in store for us. And I'm here to tell you, God is not calling you to sit around with your arms crossed this morning. He's calling you to praise, and he's calling you to worship. And I'm here to tell you, we need some radical Christians again this morning, amen. We need men and, men and women who are not afraid nor ashamed to praise and worship. When you go and you see six paces or 18 feet, and you can say, Lord, I praise you, and I'm going to honor you this morning. I'm going to go 16 more, and I know that you're going to heal me, and I know that you're going to deliver me, and I'm going to go 18 more, and I know that you're going to save my family, and I know that you're going to glorify, we're going to glorify you, and I know that I'm going to go a little bit further, and I'm going to keep on going, and I know that you're going to do the things. I'm not going to stop until I get in right. your presence, and I'm not going to stop until you do that. And Jacob says, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And I'm here to tell you, there's some of you this morning, and there's some of us that needs to get back in this altar and wrestle with the Lord and say, I'm not going to let go until you bless me. I need to get back, and I need to get that polish off, and I need to get my shine back, and I need to get my joy back, because even all the things that I'm going Going through, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to worship you. I'm not going to worry about what, what anybody else says, but I'm going to raise my hand because the world needs to see when men and women are going through things that they can still raise their hand and they can still praise and they can still worship. And I'm going to tell you, when you do that, then you're going to make a way. And I'm talking about a God of restoration this morning. Amen. So stand with me Amen. all around this morning. I don't know what you've lost this morning. I don't know if it's because of neglect. But I'm here to tell you, if you would come to these altars this morning, and you would raise your hands, and you would worship Him, and you would get that and that pressure back on where it used to be shining, it may be neglected, but if you leave these altars this morning, I'm telling you, God can restore what you once had. But we've got to come to an altar of worship. And we've got to come to an altar of praise. Because I don't want you to leave the same way. I don't want you to leave with the same burdens. I don't want you to leave with the same cares. I want to see something new. I want to see something changed inside of us. I even know, by the way, has been, we, the word has been preached behind these, these, this pulpit for weeks 
And man, what a word. I want to see the, the I want to see God continue to move. Because when that happens, revival kicks in. And I'm here to tell you, when revival kicks in, death and life come out of that. Amen. So as we get ready to come to these altars this morning, come prepared to let God do something great and mighty in you this morning. Don't sit, in a, don't sit on your pew this morning needing something from Him. But come with your hands raised, ready to worship. Because I'm here to tell you, God's going to break some chains this morning. God's going to move some mountains this morning if we would be honor Him this morning. Amen. So as we come this morning, come prepared to worship Him this morning. Amen.